Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mysterious Universe Season 31, Episode 4. Coming up on this show, we've got the telluric turbulence of the feng shui phantoms, the technology of the phenomenon, and the true identity behind the UFO pilots. I'm your host, Benjamin Grundy. Joining me is Aaron Wright. It's just Bigfoot. You know, there's just Bigfoots <laughs> flying around in UFOs. <laughs> this is the whole cover-up. It's Big Bigfoot just covering everything yeah, up. That's why they crash. Yeah. Yeah, because they're idiots. They have he's no idea moron. how to drive. Yeah, he exactly. doesn't know what he's doing. Just yanks the joystick. Like he's <laughs> reaching for peanuts and he just yanks <laughs> the joystick. Or he drops the peanuts underneath the seat. And he's yeah. reaching around under the seat. Just slams into something. I can't believe we're doing a show. Why? I, I haven't slept in three days. I don't know what's wrong with me. I know what's wrong with you. What's wrong with me? And this will become quite apparent on the show. I think it's this building. And you've said, oh, what? Aaron, you're crazy. The, the energy in this building it is, is off. way off. Like, it's really, really way off. And I've started to notice it more and more and more and more and more. And what's fascinating is, right, it's coinciding with we've just had this massive rain bomb. Like, they call it, I know that, like, it's kind of a sensation. Dude, it's been 100% humidity for four weeks straight. Well, so for this show, I'm going to be going into the idea that uh, you can have the manifestation of phantom animals, big cats, black dogs, uh, those sorts of things, like fey creatures, uh, at specific turbulent points around the world. It goes beyond the idea of, um, you know, like window areas, the John Keel kind of stuff. It's more about feng shui, right? It's about the movement of energy. What's now, this got to do with us barely well, being able to do a show? My point is, right, is, and I'll get into this in the plus extension, but essentially it turns out that in certain areas that sit in, in gullies, this building sits in a gully. Oh. Now, where it sits as well, right, it just so happens that we'd had, when all this rain fell, mm. there is this straight line drain that runs directly parallel to our building, directly parallel. Now, where you have a gully and then a straight line intercepting it, which I will explain in, in how it relates to geometry later on, uh, geomancy later on, but essentially whenever that happens and there's water moving through it, it completely throws off all the energy and people start reporting that they're feeling ill, people start having sleep disturbances. I'm like, that's this building. And you, for the past three days, have been a sleep train wreck. Yeah, I've never felt like this before. I don't know what's it's, wrong with me. I know. I know but I, it's but I'm not, science, I know. I'm, I'm not going to sleep in the building. I'm having, Doesn't matter. I it's can't ex- sleep at home. It's exposure to it. It's exposure to that. It completely disrupts everything. And like, according to these anecdotal reports, it's upsetting people and it causes the manifestation of this weird energy. You know what I can't stop thinking about? What? Remember that guy? Was it in the 60s or 70s? And... He couldn't sleep one night. He was like, that was weird. Couldn't sleep. And then the next night, he couldn't sleep. And then the third night, 
he couldn't sleep. Are you talking about the guy that died from not being able to sleep? And then gradually, yeah, he he died after what, 20 or 30 days of not being able to sleep. Well, it's was shorter than that. And this was the guy that led to the discovery of prion disease. I was thinking about just this this they morning. They cracked open his skull and it was full of all these holes from prions. I, was I can't stop that. thinking about him. Yeah, see? And so that's the other thing, right? So it's generating intrusive thoughts and oh. mild anxieties. And I reckon it's this building. And it actually, we haven't seen any phantom black cats yet, but we will in this episode. But it's to do with these strange alleged energies and currents. (laughs) Will it make me feel better? It won't make you feel better, but at least you'll understand what's going on. All right. So what have you got coming up? Well, I managed to scrounge together a segment because I was working on all this other stuff, but my brain's just fried because I've I've just been sleeping so badly. Uh, I was working on this connection between... Schwabstack. Schwabstack had an article on this uh, conspiracy with giants at the Smithsonian, which we've heard plenty of times before, but he was going into the details of the personalities behind this so-called cover-up of the discoveries of giant skeletons. Right, and isn't the conspiracy theory that the, the skeletons were handed over to the Smithsonian, but they've hidden them away in some separate well, area of In the a building. lot of the reports, the skeletons would just disintegrate on exposure. Right. But he goes through the Smithsonian's own documentation and their own reporting, and they do mention very large skeletons, very large skeletons over and over again. But what Schwab pointed out at his Schwab stack on Substack is that they measure every single thing at the dig site. Like they measure, oh, the dig site was 10 feet across. We dug, you know, 14 feet down. It was in X layer of soil, which was X inches deep. And they that get all the measurements, right? Yeah. And then they get to the skeleton and they just say, it was very large. <laughs> and So they've, like, they've got very specific measurements yeah. for everything at the site. But then when you get to the actual artifact, you don't bother recording This that? is like the premier... Conspicuous? Uh, archaeology, you know, outfit in the world. The the world experts, they measure everything. But when they're digging up these skeletons, they're like, it was very large. And that's all they say about it. And he starts to just lay it out. And it, it gets really conspicuous. I don't know if there's anything to it. I think a lot of the descriptions of the giant skeletons, and when we say giant, the ones that were measured were said to be seven feet tall. Okay. And people have looked into this. There's other researchers at the time who went to see one of the skeletons that remained and realized they were just exaggerating and it was only six and a half feet tall. But then he said they didn't account for the distance between the joints. Yeah. So when you actually put the skeleton together properly, it was only six feet tall. <laughs> so yeah, immediately it's just a normal size guy. Yeah. Um, but so, then aren't there rumors that they're being significantly larger, you know, like femurs being found? Yeah, like nine foot tall and that... And just that he goes into the percentages as well and how... Oh, with you being sleep deprived, you're talking about percentages would just make for a great show. He goes into the probabilities of the discoveries just being, you know, like oddballs who have a thyroid disorder or something. Right. They're all basketball players or something. Uh, So there's a lot of stuff to go into there. And then that was tied into uh, my new addiction, which is the Klaus substack Mm -hmm. from at Tiny Klaus on Twitter. Hang on, Klaus Schwab. No, no, just Klaus, not Klaus, just Klaus. Uh, and we covered one of his awesome articles linking these uh, skeptic UFO skeptics to yeah, it was great. Monsanto UFO yeah. cover-ups yeah. on the last plus show. Big Chemical is covering up UFOs. So he was writing about the Smithsonian as well. And he tied in the Smithsonian connection to the CIA, which is becoming more and more understood. There was a great book that came out last year where the Smithsonian was approached to do, it was a bird study, like a bird study on this remote island somewhere. 
and the whole thing ended up being a uh, a big like intelligence gathering op op for the CIA. So where was the island? Somewhere in the South China I, Sea. I can't remember where it was, but I, I was reading through all of this. But I, I got to the point where to explain all these connections and put the whole thing together, I needed to take everyone through the entire story of Yamashita's gold. Yeah, when you said that, I'm like, <laughs> good night, Ben, I'll see you tomorrow. And then explain like the the Filipino, oh, it's not stolen, lady. <laughs> and just, I, I, oh my God. It was like- oh, a, I love her though. We should talk about dude, her more. It was like 11 o'clock at night and I'd already tweeted the show's going to be late. And I just thought, I cannot do this. Like my brain is, and I still, I just didn't sleep. You're not going to sleep tonight either, so you're going to be worrying about dying So, more. And then I felt even worse because this book I ordered specifically for Black History Month, this one, has not arrived. But I, I thought I'm going to do it anyway. Haven't I read this? <laughs> Chariots of the Black Gods, The UFO Reality and the Alien Hoax isn't by this, Wesley Muhammad. Isn't this linked to uh, Nation of Islam? Yeah, Wesley, because all these guys with Muhammad as a last name, they're usually Nation of Islam because they all change their names. But uh, yeah, this guy, I started to look into this guy. The book's on order. It is uh, on its way. It's like $70 or something, Aaron, but don't worry, it's claimable. Um, that's <laughs> It's this guy here. Here he is, Dr. Wesley Muhammad, student minister brother. So he's in the, uh, I think, the, the like the lead organization that runs the Nation of Islam. Right. He sits on the board or whatever. I don't know what you call it. And I was looking at this guy's previous books and he's got had some bangers. So this is a follow-up to his previous banger, The Book of God, an encyclopedia of proof that the black man is God. And I thought, I can't, I can't pass this up. Like it's Black History Month. I've got this amazing content because I realized uh I don't know if reaching out to the writings of a uh, highly controversial <laughs> group is really celebrating Black History Month. <laughs> well, let's read the description. This is in our wheelhouse. In 2024, he said the UFO conversation is it no longer revolves around the question, do they exist? I agree with him. That question is now outdated because the government has finally come clean on the matter. The urgent question that now needs answering for the public is who's flying them and what are they for? How many times have I been saying this on the show? Mm, mm. This guy's speaking my language. I've been harping on this time and time again. Who but cares about these craft? We want to know who's in them. But that's nothing revolutionary. I think that's for like the natural progression for people that do go through this process of realizing that not only UFO is real, but then obviously they have to be piloted by something. That's just a natural progression of people that start, you know, losing their skepticism. Why aren't these questions being asked? Why are we still well, are, focused because, on are they real? What are they? Blah blah. blah what are you blah, talking blah. about? Since the nineteen what fifties? I got, mean, right now, like in yeah, Congress, like Grush these describing three bodies that have been retrieved from crash craft. He's not describing bodies. Who is describing saying? biological entities? Matter. They're dancing around what we really want to know. And here we have Wesley Muhammad, PhD, totally based, asking the real questions. He says the extraterrestrial hypothesis is a deliberate government fabrication. The reptilians, the greys, and the Nordics are all disinformation devices used to conceal from the world who is really flying these advanced craft. Is it so black men? Who is, who is indeed flying these advanced craft? I don't even need the guy's book. He's got a YouTube channel. Are you ready for oh, I'm ready. the Absolutely. wisdom of, yeah. of street knowledge, Aaron? Mm -hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. The last best kept secret 
of the UFO phenomenon is the Asiatic blackness of the pilots. That's right. <laughs> Ufology, the study of the UFO phenomenon is a quietly but demonstrably racist field of study. Most of mm -hmm. the major voices of this discipline are low-key white supremacists. Maybe That's many right. of them don't even know it. Ufologists accuse the government of cover-up, and they are correct. However, both the government and the ufologists are party to the cover-up of the black pilots of these craft. The so-called what is that? Terrestrial hypothesis or alien theory is nothing less than new age racial. It's racist, Darren. I like that there's always a guy in the front. I don't know if they pay him, but there's always a guy in the front who's like, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where to begin, you know, to report on the absurdity of this, because is he suggesting that there is some type of um, decades-long cover-up of every single ufological researcher? That's right. Covering up reports of there being mm -hmm. dark-skinned entities involved in contactee reports. I mean, the thing is, people like Betty and Barney Hill, that is an instrumental case in the UFO field. Mm -hmm. And it was heavily investigated, heavily researched. Uh, his story wasn't suppressed. So why would you suppress? It was suppressed, and that's explained in a moment. The, oh. the entities that they encountered, uh, it was completely covered up. It was completely twisted around. Uh, the the white men use tricknology to... So, sorry, sorry, what? Tricknology is the term that the Nation of Islam uses to describe the powers that white people have to trick uh, everyone else. But he mentions Asiatic. Did he use a term? I think he used the term Asiatic just then. Yeah, Asiatic but, black man. But, but John Keel did a huge amount of research into cases of Asiatic-looking UFO pilots. Exactly, who were black men. Listen. When they say non-human biological material, they allow you to think they are referring to gray, bug-eyed aliens, but they are not. That's right. What are they referring to? That's right. When they say non-human, they are in fact referring to you and to the black pilots that they know no, they're not. are flying these No, they're not. Crap, see, white... <laughs> I like how he throws that up. I don't know. Did he put that in? <laughs> yeah, that's his Hold slide. themselves up as... The it's just like an eight man on the screen. That's right. And when talking about the pilots of these so-called UFOs, they like to use the language humanoid and alien. Yeah, yeah that's true. We alien do. means foreign or not natural and humanoid is a non-human entity that has the appearance of a human yes human comes from the latin word humanus meaning man of the earth that is not you white folks mm-hmm Oh, that's actually racist. <laughs> yeah, racist. It's a nation of Islam. I don't think you are prepared for what we're well, getting I into. Never, because I've never gone into any great detail. Because I just in fleeting things I've seen, they're just often spewing nonsense. That you know, any I have black friends that go, these people are insane. 
Well, we did New Zealanders last week, so, so we're, we're doing Nation of Islam right. on this episode. All right. Uh, so he also reveals the general gist of this, in case you're not following what he's talking about, is that it, it generally the the UFO UFO noughts are black men, and uh, because the whole cover up is a racist cover up, they're called humanoids. It's like a racist thing. Like when we say grey humanoids. We're saying that because they're not um, they're not actually humanoids. But they're just you, black men. Do you know where his <laughs> argument, though, would fall down? Is that... <laughs> Tell me where. I mean, well, there's, there's a multitude of locations, but I'm just talking about right in the context of, of this particular phenomenon, right? When people talk about UFOs over the years, most of the time what is connected with the UFO field is fear. Like it's people are fearful. Like there is a fear there. So wouldn't it make sense if there was some type of, of big UFO, like coming in and covering this up, that they would actually make out that all the pilots were black? Like, if it was going to be racist, wouldn't you be like, oh, these horrible space invaders are black men? Like, that would be racist. I like how you're engaging with his ideas. I, I like I, how I, you're, why am I ever giving I like it how you're, day? you're picking apart the logic. But this is, this is see, what you don't realise that you're doing is you're actually using technology. <laughs> and you need to use mathematics. Okay. Okay. So this is also tied in. Speaking of Betty and Barney Hill, they spoke about the reptilian entities that they uh, saw, that they interacted with, and uh, the the great um, Dr. Wesley Muhammad, PhD, explains here how the whole depiction of reptilians is, in fact, you guessed it, racist. Let's take a listen. The so-called reptilian character associated with the UFO phenomenon is a disinformation device used to disguise the black identity of the pilots and to villainize them. When America confirmed in 1947 that the pilots of the UFOs represented a black superpower, the intelligence community immediately began associating (laughs) these highly advanced craft with green, Villainous aliens. So what does that have to do with black people? The Wakanda in space. What? Well, aren't you listening? Every I've... single UFO encountered is piloted by a, a black man. And so the creation of the reptilians is what they applied to cover up this, clearly this black uh, breakaway civilization, secret space program superpower. But... There are multitudes of reports from all around the world, <laughs> You're doing different time frames. No, I'm not listening to your technology. You keep doing this. Encountering actual reptilian style entities. They're not saying they're black men. They're not going, oh, it was a black guy with maybe scales. Like that. No, I'm seeing green skinned reptilian yeah, creatures. So that's the technology at work. They're actually applying technology to the reports to twist it around from the truth. Can we just address the saucy pose this reptilian is in on the screen, by the way? What is he doing? There's like a, a black black spaceman in a white suit, but there's this reptilian in like a paint me like a French whore pose <laughs> sitting next to him. I don't understand this. What is that from, that image? Like a I, 1970s well, this is the thing. That's, porno that's, or that's not even AI created. So wherever he got that, yeah. <laughs> the mind boggles. All of it is concoction and fabrication. The greys, the greens, the Nordic whites, All of them are devices created and used to keep you as far from the truth of the black reality of this technology. 
I started to think about this with the greys. Like, where does he explain the imagery of the greys? Like, where does this come from? Is that all he's got? Like, that this is just some kind of um, tricknology, it's some kind of grand cover-up that every single report of entities is is not only real in that it happened, but there's the added cover-up of twisting around the description of the entities. I'm very uncomfortable with this, and not because of the race. (laughs) That doesn't bother me. It's the stupidity with this. Like, this is absolute (laughs) insanity. I should have done the Yamashita's gold. Yes! (laughs) I couldn't. It's Black History Month. You you were along for the ride. So... But do they they truly believe this? These are the kind of questions I wanted to get into. What I was asking when I started watching this, yeah, it's funny, it's hilarious. But I, I wanted like to it can't under- be real. I can't, yeah, I wanted to understand: is this something that's ubiquitous across the nation of Islam? Like, do they all believe this? Because he's got quite a big crowd there, including the Aha guy in the front row. And you know, if you watch, I won't link to the full. I'll link to the full video if you want to watch it. But later on, he shows like church ladies all lined up in their Sunday best, looking fantastic. Like, like your mother would be sitting there. Listening to this and then nodding, nodding along like it's not my mother. She'd be doing the reptilian. <laughs> okay, but they're nodding along like this is all gospel. So that my question was: Is this guy just a breakaway kind of nut in the nation of Islam, or is this part of the deeper understanding of their cosmology? I hate to say it, but I have a really bad feeling that it's probably part <laughs> of a, the greater ethos of their beliefs. Well, again, I wanted to figure out this question about Roswell. Because uh, it was allegedly greys that were retrieved from Roswell. Yeah, well, this has long been tied, this image of greys. Um, and he actually explains this. H- here he is explaining to a YouTuber, Black Magic 363 the details of the Air Force's reinvestigation into the Roswell case. Remember, they did that a few years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a key detail about the bodies that we appear to have missed, Aaron. Let's take a the listen. U.S. Air Force when they published their 231-page rebuttal attempt to push Roswell under the rug. The Roswell report, case closed, altered by the Air Force. The blackness of those bodies was so important that they had to directly address the matter in their official report. And so they have a section addressing, I don't know if you can see that, the black little bodies. Wow. And they go out of their way. They were black because they were burnt. (laughs) And how they attempt to explain them away, they don't say they weren't. Or it was Justin Trudeau and his teaching years. That were examined. They said, well, no, they were... Air Force pilots that crashed and their body was burned. Mm. See how you're just, how brainwashed you are by the technology? That you you immediately jumped to the uh, propaganda, the technology propaganda. So, Whereas he's explaining that, no, they, they're bl- they actually say they were black bodies. So in the last three or four years now, I've been called every kind of conspiracy theorist because I've gone against COVID, vaccines, (laughs) climate change. I've pushed back against all this bullshit that's going on, ESG, DEI, all this crap I push back on. 
uh, the rise of communism. So I haven't fallen for any of the narrative. I haven't fallen for any of the propaganda. And the propaganda has been strong, like extremely strong. And yet somehow, when it comes to the UFO phenomenon, I've fallen for the propaganda. For, but for all those other things you mentioned, they don't use technology to the level... <laughs> That they do with the UFO phenomenon. So they're what they're using reverse uh, engineered te- technology. Technology. Well, what I love about this guy is he takes the bread and butter UFO law, and he somehow twists it to be fully compatible with this ideology that black men are flying UFOs. Like it is, it is so hilarious. He can pick anything, like Roswell, or he even does the Apollo missions. And the whole moon conspiracies. You know, there's those conspiracies that... that they landed on the moon and there was someone there and yeah. radio operators picked up radio signals. Yeah, there was aliens waiting for Neil Armstrong yeah. on the moon. Uh, he actually addresses that. Let's take a listen. The U.S. Air Force, when they oh, no, that's, published... That's my previous video. Apollo 13 went to the moon equipped with a nuclear bomb. The U.S. intended to nuke those black Muslim gods on the moon. Huh? What? Yeah. Apollo, absolutely. <laughs> Apollo wow. 13. Wow. Went over, over sent to the moon with a nuke. Apollo 13 never made it to the lunar surface. Mm. Apollo 13 suffered an inexplicable oxygen tank explosion. They wow. disallowed it from being able to land on the moon's surface. So it had to orbit indefinitely. It was incapable of returning to the Earth, according to NASA, former NASA. So he claims that the the Muslim moon gods, the black Muslim moon gods, somehow disabled their oxygen They disabled tank. Apollo 13 because they knew Apollo 13 was there to nuke them. Uh and then they also repaired Apollo 13 so they could get home. <laughs> this is the first I'd heard about. Forget all that stuff. As soon as he said uh, Muslim gods on the moon, I was, okay, i got to dive a little bit deeper. I, I've got to give the Nation of Islam a fair shake because this could be the coolest supremacy cult in the world. <laughs> that there's no, there's nothing cool about any kind of supremacy. That your gods, right? your gods are moon gods that uh, we tried to nuke and failed because they were so powerful. But uh, okay, now he doesn't leave out. He doesn't just talk about Americans because a lot of it is you know the the white man using their technology. But he also talks about the Soviets and the Soviets. They don't get that. Maybe they're not as evil as the Americans in their cosmology. Oh, fascinating! Because yes, uh, communists <laughs> probably align with a lot of their belief systems. Am I? Well, here he describes a Soviet face-off with black alien astronauts that apparently went for quite a long time. Let's take a listen. Eminent Russian cosmonauts Vladimir Kovalenuk and Viktor Savinik were aboard the Russian. Orbital Space Station, Salyut 6, for 77 days. When? On May 14th through the 18th. We've covered this so many times. Classic story. Is this the one where they saw angels, allegedly? The cosmonauts observed from the windows of Salyut 6, a silver unidentified spacecraft from a half mile away that approached the space station to within 100 feet. 
<laughs> with two powerful binoculars. Look at this black astronaut in the window. Had on board both Kavalunuk and Savanik could see clearly inside the silver craft through portholes that lined its hull. The observed three beings inside the craft, or they observed three beings inside the craft, and the cosmonauts were able to give a pretty detailed description of them because the encounter lasted a whole four days straight. Now, this description isn't as straightforward as you might imagine. It's not just a, It's not just like LeBron James in a spacesuit. Because I don't, I don't remember anything like a... I remember the cosmonauts reporting that they saw these giant heavenly angels kind of floating around outside. There's variations on this story that they encountered a craft with entities. There's some versions where the entities came on board. Oh, really? There's various description of, uh, descriptions of them being greys. Uh, and there's also various descriptions of them being black, which I'll get to later. The, that what aren't he's claiming, just from or... the nation of Islam. Okay, all right. Uh, but you got to watch the video because the, the imagery is fantastic. And he goes into more detail on what the Soviets allegedly described their um, visitors to look like. The three beings were... Notice how the that's right guy is really quietened down now. <laughs> he's really on the edge of his seat. <laughs> fully human in appearance, tall with very distinct facial features. Their skin was brown like an East Indian. Their eyes were slanted like Japanese, but the iris was a bright blue. The nose was straight. This description given of the beings encountered out in space by the Russian cosmonauts may strike you as remarkably unlikely or indeed alien, <laughs> but it is neither. Rather, it is a distinct What is that image on the left? So he's got on the screen now uh, a, f a black woman with her two daughters, and they have blue eyes, ridiculously blue eyes. Like it looks digitally edited, and it, it looks like he's added a Malaysian guy or some Wearing Southeast a, Asian guy, a nebulizer mask over a globe, and he's sticking a syringe into the top of the globe and the tube coming from the nebulizer mask. And he's got blue eyes. But he's not black. He's not African, that guy. But no, I don't, know, I don't understand but, why he puts that guy in. But no, but no, just listen to his description there. What he's describing. He yeah. said he was Indian. <laughs> yeah. No, Asian, Japanese eyes. But he said he was black East skin, Indian. East. Did he say? He said East Asian, right? I thought he said East Indian. But yeah, but, he did East yeah. Indian. Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, right, what the question I have about, and perhaps it's all going to be explained in a moment, is. Who cares? <laughs> you mean an extraterrestrial? If I met an extraterrestrial, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, your skin's black. I can't talk to you. Like, well, what, what? Who cares? Well, like, this, why does well, anyone... I'll explain. I'll explain why they care. It, and it, you have to have an understanding of their cosmology and where it came from and what they believe. And this is what I started to get interested in. Oh, I understand. Be, because, yeah, this is all just silly stuff. Like, we can play a million of these silly videos. But what I'm interested in is why you've got a, a full auditorium of people just lapping this up. And it's not like when you go to UFO conferences, you know, you get the, the type, right? You get the type at a UFO conference. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, here, regardless of skin color. But here it's like, it's uh, 
you know, it's ubiquitous. Young men, uh, older men, it's young women, older women, it's elderly, it's children, and they're all. This is their. This is their religion. They all believe in this stuff. Mm. That's what I'm interested in. Asiatic black phenotype. And then he flashes up the British Mongo man at the end there. So we've got black Muslim gods on the moon. We've got... Nuclear uh, weapons on Apollo 13. Nuclear weapons on Apollo 13. We've got all flying saucers uh, driven by black men. Uh, we've got We Was Greys. And it's just getting... this. Okay, can I We're add getting a, a, okay. a picture painted for us. Also, here. though, let's add this, right? So from the multitudes of reports that we've received, the suggestions that there are hundreds, if not thousands of different species of extraterrestrials, which would actually make sense anyway, if you look at just how big, I think the latest estimate, I was just reading about it the other day, actually, is that there's up to a trillion galaxies in our known universe. A trillion. Like, it's, it's a huge number. Think about just yes, how- Yes, but why are we only being visited by black bingo. men? Black men in space. Yeah, good question. Huh? Why? Exactly. What do they think? Well, I'm going to give you the answers. Okay. It's got to do with the T word. Technology. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, follow along. <laughs> You've had more sleep uh, than me. Well. <laughs> I don't know if you caught it there, but in this video, he says that those Soviet astronauts were staring at these uh, black aliens, black Asiatic a- aliens, mm. for four days. So I was like, Are they you? <laughs> Have they been hit with the Telluric space current? So see, see this guy on the screen here. This looks like black, out of anime. This black, yeah, anime alien. That was his face for four days, and they're just like, "Oh, suka Are they playing like that staring game for four days? Why he stare for so long? What's his problem? <laughs> and the Soviets are probably super racist. <laughs> they're dropping like Russian, Russian slur words. Um, so, okay, so this was my question. Do they actually believe this? Is this really part of their religion? Uh, how much of this is just this guy's shtick and how much of it is actually in their, their holy uh, beliefs? So their most important leader is, you may know, Elijah Muhammad. So if you search for Nation of Islam on Amazon, for example, you'll find... 20 plus books I, I by Elijah Muhammad. We, I think it was him. I could be wrong, but I think we covered him many, many years ago because he was making claims that melanin was like this uh, special kind of substance, I, I recall, that allows you to go into space. Or so. It was something like yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of that stuff comes from these guys. Yeah. So this guy, uh, his real name was Elijah Robert Poole. And that, you know, they all changed their name to Muhammad or some other Islamic sounding name. But he was born in Georgia in 1897. And he was in Detroit in the early 1920s and just working odd jobs. You know, he worked at a nut factory, worked at a car factory, did, did a bunch of odd jobs. And then, of course, the Great Depression hit uh, in 1929. And it was a disaster, obviously, of for course. everyone. Uh, it was a disaster for the black community, obviously, as well in Detroit. They lost all their jobs. And it was, as you can imagine, extremely difficult. But according to the story, in 1930, his life went through a miraculous um, transformation. And um, I actually should, I should bring up an image of the guy, this Elijah, because you'll see his face. Like you start looking up these guys. He's, he's kind of like their main, well, not their main prophet, but he's one of the most important individuals in the whole religion. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Um, so 
1930, and this is, I remember last time we spoke about this on the show, it was in the context of ascended masters and yes. theosophy, mm. because he claimed in 1930, this mysterious fair-skinned man, fair-skinned man appeared in Detroit and he took the guise of a door-to-door salesman. He was going around and he was in the black neighborhood where uh, this Elijah Robert Poole lived. He was selling silks. He was selling different, you know, different clothing items, different fabrics, raincoats. This was all in Paradise Valley, this black neighborhood in Detroit. And it quickly became clear that this man was not to be regarded as simply an itinerant peddler. On the contrary, this was an individual of the greatest magnitude, one who brought and indeed embodied the message of liberation for the blacks. Maintaining that he came from the holy city of Mecca, he identified himself as Master Fahd Muhammad. So if you're unfamiliar with the whole uh, theosophy framework, there's the idea that these... One of the ascended masters. Ascended masters, these... Um, high spiritually adept individuals will occasionally insert themselves into human society and stir up like a revolutionary spiritual change in the community, whatever community they're involved with. And then they'll disappear back to the mountains of Tibet or, you know, the Shambhala or whatever mystical place they're from. And I remember last time we looked at this, this guy, um, their original prophet, this fair-skinned man, Master Fahd Muhammad, he had a similar situation because he disappeared in 1936. The government, the American government, spent like tens of thousands of dollars, the equivalent of millions back then, searching for the guy. In the 1940s, the 1950s, there's FBI files on him. There's uh, books I was downloading, which are just the FBI files on the guy. And they were trying to find him everywhere because he was the leader of the Nation of Islam. He had vanished. No one knows where he is. No one knows where he's disappeared to. He hasn't been seen since he vanished in 1936. He's just gone, dropped off the face of the earth. Now, uh, there's an image I have of him which puts it into context. This is another book by Willie Muhammad, Understanding Master Fahd Muhammad. And there's a UFO in the background. <laughs> so I started to realize, yeah, this whole UFO thing is is tied very closely into all of this. Now, what's what's weird is this is the 1930s. This is before you were... Er- yeah, it's early for all this kind of stuff. But it it does fit with some of the uh, the sci-fi that was kind of... Not really. I mean, it wasn't anywhere as, as intense as what this is. I mean, you've got science fiction novels. Like you've got... But no one's describing flying saucers. Flying saucers isn't a thing. No, it's not. Until over a decade later. Mm. And he assured his followers, this guy, this um, Master Fard, that he was their brother. Even though he didn't look like them, you can see he's clearly maybe a little bit Caucasian looking. Um, he's definitely paler. He's not African. He said he was their brother and they would attain freedom, justice, and equality by following him. His purpose, he said, was to awaken the black nation to its wonderful potential in a world then dominated by the white, blue-eyed devils. That's you. He taught his followers about the deceptive nature of whites and encouraged them to embrace what he portrayed as the glorious history of black Afro-Asia. As the destiny of that history came to be realized, so too would be the uh, evil history of the white race and everything it embodied. So I'm getting a lot of this from uh, another book I came across 
called The Children of Ezekiel. It's by Michael Lieb, Aliens, UFOs, The Crisis of Race and the Advent of End Time. It's a very scholarly book, so I'm not going to quote too much from it, but it was very useful in going into this background. And of course, Ezekiel brings to mind Chariots of the Gods, Eric von Daniken, the- uh, Ezekiel's Wheel. Ezekiel's Wheel being described as a UFO or reinterpreted as a UFO in the the modern idea. Does this book say that it was a black man flying around in Ezekiel's wheel. No, again, it's a it's like a scholarly look at the religion, and it doesn't go too much into that. It looks like the the black men flying the UFOs. At first, I thought it was a modern invention, but a lot of it goes back to an earlier time period. And I actually discovered today, a lot of this stuff is before the Nation of Islam. It goes back to an even earlier time period. Yeah, well, I mean, it would make sense that, you know, these sort of uh, beliefs, because obviously there's always been, um, you know, race relation contention and all that kind of stuff. And it was worse, you know, especially back then. It was quite bad. Um, So you can understand why there would be people that would be kind of pushing back Mm -hmm. against what was current and these sort of beliefs kind of building and growing. It all makes sense. But this guy was incredible with what he did. It took him maybe two years to completely transform those neighborhoods. and basically form a cult following. When you say transform, what did he do? Uh, he not only had, the, the, the organization had its own temple within a year, uh, the Temple of Islam. They had ritual, they had worship, they had a university of Islam. Through Master Fard's preachings and as part of the curriculum of their school, converts were taught that they were not Negroes, but members of the lost tribe of Shabazz. Uh, as a prophet, Master Fard made it clear that he came to America to restore life to his long-lost brethren who were now able to understand that they were the original people aptly called the Lost Found Nation of Islam. Uh, they learned to, that to realize their destiny and to regain their Islamic religion and their language Arabic, they needed to learn culture, astronomy, and higher mathematics. This is why all the rappers that follow the Nation of Islam they all talk about mathematics and they all have these like number, ridiculous number things that aren't actually mathematics in their rhymes. It all comes from this. Uh, accordingly, they learned that to realize their destiny, uh, their foundational text was the Quran along with the Bible. They also took literature from Freemasonry and they agreed to live a pure life and abide by strict dietary and moral codes of behavior. And then they could eventually return to the holy city of Mecca which was the paradise that was stolen from them by the evil white man. So you can tell this guy must have been incredibly charismatic. Mm. With like to go into a neighborhood and then in a year they have new rituals, a university, a temple, and hundreds of people are going to it. Like, oh, absolutely. Who was yeah, this guy? It would have to be. And this is why this is what's so interesting about this story and and why so many scholars have tried to get to the bottom of this and it's still up in the air. Who was this guy? Where did he come from? What's his history? And I'll reveal some of that later, but what emerges in out of this is the cosmology that he created. And this was built upon by that other prophet I mentioned, the guy that followed him, Elijah Muhammad, who eventually took over the organization. So this is what they believe. 66 million years ago, what is now called Earth was then called the moon. Very creative. It was inhabited exclusively by the black man. 
The inhabitants were known as the people of the moon. Again, very creative. But even genetic records just completely Again, throw that out. Just, just leave your trichnology, just leave it aside, okay? Uh, among those uh, were a black scientist, the black god of the moon, who became dissatisfied because he couldn't get all the people to speak the same language. They all spoke different languages. So it's like he's ripping off the Tower of Babel story. Mm. So this guy decided to destroy the people by causing a great explosion on the moon. <laughs> Which was Earth. No, this is a different, this is a completely different planet. But did he just say that the Earth was the, oh, yeah, the you're moon? Right. Yeah. And so did he? 66 trillion years ago, it was Earth, but it was called the moon. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh and so did he set off an explosion and they on had an, Earth? They had an amazing the civilization and their smartest black scientist was like, <laughs> let's just blow it up. <laughs> because people are speaking different languages. Yes, people yeah, speaking different eubonics or something. I don't understand. So... The, a planetary body was blasted out from what was then the moon, and this traveled 12,000 miles into space. What is now the Earth, in turn, traveled 36,000 miles into the atmosphere. This is the Earth that we now inhabit. The part that was called the moon capsized, and everyone that was still on its surface died. Um, when it blasted off, it dropped water on other planetary bodies, now called the Earth, which resulted in the ocean. <laughs> it's the it's the dumbest thing you've ever. I'm swear am I? What's going on? It's so I, stupid. Uh, this is the cosmogony of the nation of Islam, one that articulates its own version of the big ba big bang theory. And of course, at the source of it is black scientist. <laughs> so it's amazing. Like everything actually at the source of it is a black hole. Well, a, a lot of. A lot of the, the spin-offs from this and the other parts of the story they believe, there's always like a black scientist at the bottom of it, which is kind of a fascinating angle to the whole thing. Uh, so in the beginning, so now we've got Earth. In the beginning, Africa and East Asia were one continent. Everyone on the planet was black. Absolutely everyone. And I think I've got, yeah, he's coming up. And we, Oh, my God. We all know this guy. I'll just leave him up. We all know this guy. We love him. He's our creator. Um, there were 24 wise scientists, one of whom created a tribe that was m the most powerful of all the population on the content. Oh, sorry. I'm so tired. Sorry, I get it. The continents. The continent. Yeah. Uh, and this was the tribe of Shabazz. So that's who they believe they're all a part of. This is their lost tribe of Shabazz. Okay. So the original man, and again, this is why all these East Coast rappers used to say the original man, the original God, the Are black you serious? Man. Yeah. They, so it's kind of infiltrated itself into, into popular oh, yeah. culture. Absolutely. Look, all those Wu-Tang Clan guys, they're all like Nation of Islam. But isn't this a form of uh, of supremacy in itself? Yeah, it's black supremacy. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a cult founded on hate. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, and this will become apparent. Uh, this guy is the, the, well, this is the Alpha and Omega, uh, all stems from him, all stems from the black man. Not this, not Yakub on the screen. He is the first Adam, the last Adam, and these people spread out. They inhabited the very first places that flowered civilizations, the Nile Valley and, and Mecca, for example. And so that's why the people in the Nation of Islam believe they can trace their genealogy back to these regions, back to Mecca. Um, and their ultimate place of origin is like the, the Muslim heritage, Okay, right? It's not actually... We would think of uh, Arabs as being Muslim. It's actually the black man <laughs> that's Muslim. It's like, 
it's not aliens flying UFOs. It's the black man. But it's it, not. Uh, it's not Arabs that are Muslims. It's the black man. And so this is where we get to the guy on the screen, Yakub. Many of you know this story. We've spoken about it on the show a bunch of times because it is hilarious. But this is this is central to their belief system. This without this guy, the whole nation of Islam cosmology falls apart. Why is that? This is the guy that created white people. He's their ultimate trickster spirit. He's their trickster god. Oh, I recall this. Uh, did he create white people as slaves? Is that what? No. See, this guy was a rebel. He did not agree with the other scientists that led their um, civilization. And he he was a genius, this guy. That's why his head is so big. <laughs> He's got a massive sure. brain. He uh, went to university at the age of four. He... Uh, learnt all their languages. He became a master scientist at 17. He became like the smartest guy ever at the age of 24. Massive intellect. It actually says in their text that he was known for having like a very large head. He, he was just an odd looking guy with a massive brain. Um, and he went about preaching his rebellion. And because he started to gain followers, the government was like, oh, this kind of big brained guy is a bit dangerous we need to crack down on him. So they didn't lock him away. They exiled him and 60,000 of his followers to this island called uh, Patmos where he was going to practice his false science. And basically, he he practiced genetics and he That's did right, genetic yeah. engineering. And over and it's, the story says it's over hundreds of years. It was like 800 years. And uh, the experiment continued long after he passed away, but he left very detailed instructions. It's a combination of genetic engineering and selective breeding. They were essentially able to create uh, the white race, which if you look on the screen here... So they created cone heads? Are those weird cone heads on the left? So that's where the cone heads come from? <laughs> yeah. It all ties in with the movie. Not many people know that the cone heads movie is law with the Nation of Islam. Um. So he basically bleached the black out of them. Why? It's, so there were the intervals. The black race gave away to the brown race. The brown race gave away to the red race. And then there was the yellow race. And eventually that was bleached out to the white race. 800 years it took. They were a race of blonde, bleached out, blue-eyed devils. These hairy savages walked on all fours, lived in caves and trees, and mated not just with one another, but with any beast they came across. Another 600 years before the savages migrated to the mainland, which had all the black people, uh, the white mutations transformed their Wakanda into basically hell on earth. So all these... Like, so hang a second. So all these white people went into the city yeah. and then suddenly crime is skyrocketing. Yeah. yeah. It's like they had this perfect civilization. Then they let in this population of savages. <laughs> and I just destroyed it. And it only took a short while. And uh, this is what the Nation of Islam believes. And eventually, the blacks were like, okay, this is insane. We've got to reverse this mass immigration. <laughs> and they got rid of them. And they drove them out to Europe. So that's why white people are from Europe, because the black Wakandans sent them there. So I'm assuming that, that is, are they saying that Africa and the Middle East is where this was all occurring? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And... They were basically trapped in Europe, like just 
you know, eating each other and just right. being complete savages. So, climate, having sex with monkeys. Climate has nothing to do with this. The fact that you've got to have Dude, darker skin when you're closer to the... Again. You know, like sun exposure. You're and then, doing it again. <laughs> the you're using the technology. I'm not going to fall for it. Um, eventually, Moses comes along and he tries to civilize these uh, beastly whites in Europe. And it's funny because in the story, they're like, he basically gave up. <laughs> he tried to sit, he's like, I can't even do this. And that's why he tried to drown them in the Red Sea. So they use all this weird biblical stuff but, and they totally twist it around. He didn't drown them in the Red Sea. He parted the Red Sea so that the they could escape. Again, you're doing it again. again. Yeah, there you go. Parting you know is the technology. Yep. Forgive me for my horrible... Tricknology. Like just I'm so, so sorry. Speaking of the technology, what is so amazing about this, and, and this is pointed out by Michael Lieb uh in the in the book Children of Ezekiel, he says, um, this whole thing, like Yakub is the trickster spirit. He embodies the um the archetype of mistress, mischief and deceit. But also um, wanting to drive up, um, you know, conflict and drama. And- yeah, there's, there's lies and treachery involved, and it's. Remember, we spoke about this recently. I can't remember what the topic was, but I think it was when, maybe in the last season, with was it Nakuma's Gold, that Nigerian scam artist. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And we started to talk about in the African cultures, they really value the trickster di- deity. They value uh, individuals and they have heroes in their stories who can one-up their fellow man using wit and trickery. Mm. And we just noted it's like an interesting cultural thing that they place this as a valuable um, you know, trait. And f- totally removed from that culture, you have these uh, blacks in Detroit being influenced by this um, strange pale guy who appears out of nowhere, teaching them this Islamic Freemason weird biblical stuff. And at the center of it all, they still have this trickster god. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Which makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, what is the origin of that? Well, the thing is, obviously, um, believe what you want and congregate with whoever you want and this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter remains is the stuff that you're talking about to, as to any general member of the public, regardless of race, sounds absurd. Like it's completely and utterly absurd. But it's also driven with what appears to be a lot of supremacy, a lot of hate. Oh, they for hate. An, they for hate anyone whites. that's different. For anyone that's different. It's not even anyone. It's specifically whites. Right. Okay. Well, it's that's, like that's black still supremacy, hate. but they hate whites. They hate Jews as well. Well, there you go. Um, but see what that's this, more recent thing. It but, was originally like whites were the right. Well, the my devil. point is though, is it is it not you know interesting that you've got some entity coming along that likes division and drama and you know yeah. problems that this belief system is kind of core with this entity. Yeah, because I mean you can you can look at other religions and obviously if you're not part of that religion, you find everything they do silly. Like atheists look at Catholicism and go, look at all the silly rituals. And, you know, you will look at some Indian tribe and go, look at all their silly rituals. You look at Buddhism and go, look at their silly rituals. If you're not a part of it, it all looks silly and magical and crazy. But the way you can make a judgment on belief systems is their moral values. Yes. It's so simple. Yeah. You can look at what they believe and you can absolutely make a discerned um, judgment. And when at the foundation of their belief system is whites are the devils and the, they're going to die, <laughs> like we're going to kill them. Is, is that what they actually call yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, the actual call for the, 
I'll get to that in a moment. But what's fascinating about this is this idea that this weird scientist guy created white people, this existed before the Nation of Islam. This is a really old belief system. And this was discovered by a researcher whose name's uh, Lawrence W. Levin. He wrote a book called Black Culture and Black Consciousness. And he started to research the old slave tales. Mm -hmm. And he discovered that there were all these tales told that portrayed God as beginning creation with the black race. And then over time, they degenerated into the white race, which is exactly the story of this guy creating it. I mean, it's missing the genetics and the science and the big brain. No, but overall, it's the tale. Yeah, they had one black creation myth. It's the Cain and Abel story. And Cain is like Yakub in the story, a Yakub-like figure. So um, the first man, Adam, Cain, Abel, and Seth, they were all black. But the treachery of Cain results in a curse that affects all his offspring. And confronted by an angry god, Cain turns white as bleach and says, like in the story, his face uh, turns white. And then the whole race of his progeny, they become white. So there's all these variations on that. But it's but this, this cosmology came from this weird, mysterious white guy that appeared, this pale guy. So, like, what? Where did it come from? Like, wh- what is the origin of the idea? Well, I, I think what part of it is is that ultimately it comes down again. You know, very reductive. But we see this. It's and it's regardless of race. We see this amongst you know belief systems and you know really absurd beliefs as well. But it's like there are these entities that have been amongst humanity for a very very long time, and they get whatever it is their energy or their. Uh, something. I don't know what come pleasure. I don't know what it is, but they're negative entities. But what they do is they drive up division. Conflict, yeah. Conflict. And they create violence. War, violence, and they feed off it. Like, this is what they do. And they've always been around. And it doesn't matter. So you get the whites to hate the blacks, the blacks to hate the whites, the Asians to hate the Jews, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think that this comes down to these entities that create these, like, they manipulate people through belief systems. I really think you're onto something because... This is, again, all this is coming from Master Fard, this kind of Pakistani-looking guy. And yet what he's teaching is the same ideas that yeah. came out of the black slaves. So it's it's too simple to say that he just came up with it. It, it, it seems like it's from two sources. So like on the topic of this guy, though, he never revealed who he was. He never truly revealed his his real name. Until Elijah Muhammad actually confronted him one day, and this is in their text, he asks, who are you really? Like, what's your real name? He asked this guy, Master Fard. And after a while, this was after a year or two, he finally revealed what his true identity was. He said, I am the one that the world has been expecting for the past 2,000 years. So he's the return of Christ? Yeah. Still yearning for a true name, though, Elijah Muhammad repeats the question to which Master Fard responds, My name is Mahdi. I am God. I came to guide you into the right path that you may be successful and see the hereafter. The answer specifies the identity of the Master as both God and Messiah. Um, And this is where he starts to introduce the end times, Armageddon. um, How very cultish of him ideas. So, 
This involves the obliteration of the world with bombs, gas, and fire. But in general, what's going to be destroyed is the present world. The specific target of destruction is the white race, and nothing will remain after the, dis- the destruction. So this is where you get into the real hardcore hatred that is at the core of this belief system and the most hilarious part about it, which is the mother plane. The what? They literally believe that like a a perpetually running drone, there's a giant plane that is circling our earth with all the bombs on board ready to go. Like it's so they don't believe in the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> well, occasionally it descends into our atmosphere and it's powered by hydrogen and oxygen and it refuels and then it goes back up. And they claim you can see it twice a week. So like how it's it, actually what, you can see it. How does it refuel? Does it come down and scoop up a bunch of seawater and uses electrolysis to no, hydrogen from it, it? It uses the atmosphere. It was constructed by Allah and it's like the ultimate machine. It's like a god machine. Okay, right? if it's the ultimate god machine, why is it using conventional hydrogen and, and oxygen? Why wouldn't it be using zero point or again, prayer energy? You're doing, or, you're uh, doing no, your technology yeah, again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this destruction, this destructive, dreadful-looking plane, he said, is in the form of a wheel in the sky. Ezekiel's wheel. Yeah, and he described it. It's uh, half a mile by half a mile square. And he said, those who seek the truth can see it today. It's actually um, up there twice a week. You'll see it descend to brief fuel. And he starts talking about how it's called the mother plane. Um, the only thing that stands in front of the destruction is Christianity. So they have to destroy Christianity to uh, enable this plan <clears throat> of this mother plane to start bombing the white race and destroying civilization. So hang on, it's it's filled up with, let's say, a bunch of uh, hydrogen bombs or nuclear weapons, and it's somehow going to specifically target white people? Yeah, and the only way it can do this is when everyone, all the blacks, convert to this guy's religion, to the Nation of Islam. And that activates some switch. There's like some light that comes on in the mother plane, and it's like, (laughs) activate white genocide, and it starts dropping all these bombs. That's literally what they believe. Um, he declares that Allah hates the wicked American whites and will remove them from the face of the earth and the true son of man, Mahdi, will make his appearance um, when the white race is destroyed. So it's like, if you didn't know this, these guys, if you're white, these guys hate you and want you dead. Like, it's very clearly... But, But hang on a second. Why haven't they been outlawed? If they are calling for... They can... That's not illegal to... Want to? Ha- it's not illegal to hate people. It's hate a race. It's not what illegal to be racist. It's you've not got, illegal to be racist. No, no. But you've got people on the other, and rightly so. You've got people, you know, whites, actual white supremacists, that their groups are outlawed and shut down and and persecuted. Rightly so, because mm-hmm. they're saying the wrong things in that regard. So why, if they're saying the same thing, why is that being left to hate to fester? What? I don't get it. Like. I'm so tired. All I, <laughs> all I heard coming out of your mouth was like... <laughs> what I don't understand is if this is the core of your belief system, how is it that they're not being more closely monitored? I mean, are they being closely monitored? What's well, the... yeah, they, I mean, they were. There was FBI files on FARD, and I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's FBI that... files on uh, Farrakhan. Is that why they so... Um, well, they spent so much money looking for him? Is that why? Yeah, this had a big part of it. It was actually to do with uh, CoinTelPro where they were trying to, you know, they ra- they used all this money to 
eradicate communism to track down communist cells in America in the 1940s and 50s. So is this connected with like a communist uprising? Well, when they started to investigate the nation of Islam, they discovered that they were supporting Japan in the war effort. Really? And there's connections between particular Japanese generals who are practicing psyops and propaganda on America who were directly connected with the nation of Islam. Wow. Which I didn't spend too much time because this is a whole other topic. Like, I'm already going longer than I expected to. Like, I just wanted to do a silly black men flying UFOs segment, but it just got out of hand. Um, oh, it's clearly a complex and, and controversial topic. Well, I wanted to talk about this mother plane because the mother plane is central to their whole, like, Armageddon end of world theory, which is really when they win. And you've got to understand... Black, pe- black people that are in the Nation of Islam are really excited about what's going on with the whole UFO disclosure thing happening right now. Because for them, it signals that this end is close. Mm-hmm. That this mother plane that has all these other little flying saucers in it, they they literally call baby planes. <laughs> so is it actually a plane or why is it not a flying saucer? They just call it, It's just what they called it. And also... You know, what they used to uh, bolster their claims is that all of this was described in the 1930s before UFOs, before Roswell, before the term flying saucers. I mean, that's probably why they stuck to the term uh, the mother plane, because there was no term flying saucer. So if there's all these little flying saucers inside, what, what do they claim? That all the little flying saucers will come out? They've got, they, they literally call them baby planes. Get the terminology right. Baby planes, I apologize. And they've all got mini nukes on them. And that's what they're going to drop to surgically destroy the white race. Okay, again, with my trichnometry, whatever it is. Trichnology. Like, trichnology. <laughs> um, do they understand that the whole concept of even a suitcase nuke doesn't exist? Like you can't, you can't miniaturize. So you're talking about a flying saucer built by Allah. Right. And you're like, oh, that can't exist. Okay. It's built by God. All right. <laughs> Do you, it's, it's built by God to destroy you and your evil blue eyes. Uh, now, Wesley Muhammad, whose videos I featured earlier, he believes that one of these baby planes crashed in Italy in 1933 and was captured by Mussolini. Oh, yeah, this was the Italian Roswell. Well, actually, hang on a second. No, no, no. This particular version of the story is like <laughs> the Italian Roswell. I like how you're already on board. I, I have to correct it. So, yeah, this was in June last year, and this actually came from David Grush. He uh, revealed in, in sworn testimony to, to Congress about this, again, the US program that's obtained multiple flying saucers. But one of the claims was this crash in northern Italy just outside of Milan in 1933. And the story goes that it crashed on this farm and they managed to um, send in uh, Mussolini's secret police and they secured the area and they took it to a nearby hangar. And there's uh, an Italian researcher, what's his name again? Uh, Pignotti. I think I've got an image of him here. Pignotti was featured in the articles oh, yes. last year. Yeah, He's been researching this since you know the late 1990s and he's found all these documents to back up the, cl- the, the case. And it was just interesting that Grush mentioned it as something he had been told by uh, apparently a member in the someone in the Pentagon had told him about this case. Uh, the story goes that the Italians and Mussolini quickly realized that this was highly advanced and they thought it was the Germans. So they called up Adolf and said, uh, we might have one of your toys. Nine. And the Nazis went over and they're like, dude, that's not ours. And this 
essentially kickstarted the German Bell program yep. and their attempts to create exotic craft. And uh, when, of course, after the war, Project Paperclip and its derivatives came in and took all that technology. And so the idea is this was one of the US's first um, retrieved vehicles, Wasn't exotic vehicles. The Arnon Urbe or whatever they're called, weren't they directly involved in the retrieval of that craft? And like, it becomes this very convoluted I, story. I had, like if I had more than a microsecond sleep in the last three days, I would go through the whole story. But the guy's got the documentation. Uh, a really interesting part in the story is this guy I've got on the screen here. This was the grandfather of a local man uh, his name's Marco Negri. He's the guy alive today who said his family had lived in this region and he's, he remembers his grandfather telling him this story about a metallic aircraft without wings that crashed in the 1930s. And this was like a tight family secret. He said it was passed down between your know, father and son. And he, um, they investigated his, his grandfather's background, where he was stationed. Do you know what it was? It was just a uh, time-traveling United Airlines plane. <laughs> Where's that? Is that a new one? No, is that right. a YouTube video on that? No, it was just you know. Well, you know what the the DEI that they've got going at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it was the just door, a black lesbian. The door blew off. <laughs> well, that would actually the Nation of Islam would like that because the retrieved bodies would be black. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So they'd be like, of course, oh, it fits. This whole story fits. But according to Marco and his ancestor, they described entities that were recovered, two bodies, but they said they were blonde around five foot nine with light hair and, and light colored eyes. So obviously that last part of the story is, again, trichnology, because we know that they couldn't have been light skinned. They obviously would have been black men uh, because it was a gift from the black moon gods. Let's get an update on this whole story. We haven't heard from him in a while. But 1933 was a very consequential year in the divine scheme of things. In 1933, Allah sent down, gifted to the enemy, one of the baby planes in Italy. <laughs> I just love that they call them baby planes. It's Why like after it? after 90 years or more, they still haven't updated their terminology because it's sacred. It's it's like a holy, it's holy scripture. You can't modify it. So baby planes it is. Mother plane full of baby planes. So most UFOs are baby planes with nukes on them piloted by black pilots. I'm sure he's, again, I know, I'm doing it again. I know, I'm sure he's going <laughs> to explain it. But why would God gift the enemy a baby plane. He explains that and it takes him like 90 minutes. And the the thing about this guy is you realize he never talks. He's always reading something. Really? Yeah. Like even more than us. He's always got a script. Even when he's being interviewed on a podcast, you can tell he's just reading a script from his screen. And I just wonder. Yeah. Is there someone in the background pulling <laughs> the strings there? It's writing it for him. But is there anyone that can back up these claims? Like outside of the nation of Islam, is there any other sources that have spoken about craft piloted by black entities? Uh, this is a legitimate question. There I, are I seriously stories. No, there are. Know. There are stories, though. Like a Flying Saucer Review. And like, yeah, of course. Like, th there has been stories, of, but I don't think people have been really focused on skin color. Like, I don't, even amongst well, when it's times, important. Of course, it's important. But even when, but I, 
even when racial tension, especially in the 60s, was quite high, I don't think there was anyone deliberately going, oh, well, I saw it, but changing the skin color of the entity that they saw. Well, they were green. They were green. They were gray. They were reptilian. You know, it's, they weren't white. I mean, occasionally you've got with the contactee period, yes, you've got the Venusians and the, uh, the Nordics, but that's like a whole subclass. It's not like every single report was, it's a white humanoid. Listen, I did discover someone highly credible, uh, extremely well-known in the UFO community with decades of research uh, under their wing who was able to back up this claim. Okay. And I haven't put their image in the show notes. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this person, no, that's the wrong one. Oh my god! Oh man, you just failed. This is me with no sleep, so underprepared. It's Kerry Cassidy, all right. <laughs> it's Kerry Cassidy. <laughs> I, I had a picture of her. It's a really bad picture. It was a really bad picture, and I I had it all lined up. You couldn't even like Linda Moulton Howder, and you know had like a pair of you know boltons or something. It's Kerry Cassidy. Kerry Cassidy actually backed this up with the work of, remember the guy that wrote the book on, um, what was it called? The Ringmakers of Saturn. Remember yeah. that oh, book? Uh, Rick Bergman? Yeah, close. Dr. Norman Bergman. Norman Bergman, yeah. See, Kerry Cassidy from Project Camelot uh, interviewed Bergman, and Bergman was, uh, he used to work for the company that preceded Lockheed, and then yes. eventually he worked on the Lockheed missiles, and he wrote that famous book, The Ringmakers of Saturn, in 1986, which had all these speculative ideas on uh, the origin of the rings, the rings and yeah. flying saucers and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, he was interviewed back in 2012 by Kerry Cassidy. And I think he actually backs up our guys. Let's take a listen. So are you not positing the idea that they those vehicles contain you know, beings who are, you know, maybe like us? I think, I think it's a, the column flight that the bug and the were on. But anyway, there is one image there that shows white people getting off. So people with dark skin getting off. Not dark, black. Black skin. Really black. Yeah. Were they tall? Yes. Very tall. Yeah. How tall? Do you know? Well, we got the uh, the doorway. I don't know how high that is, but I, f I didn't realize how shockingly no, no, bad his audio is. But he eventually says about seven feet tall. Right, but what he's saying there, right? This is the difference. So, and this is why you know, it's it's so irritating these days when you've got you know, these warring factions of people on on both sides that are trying to control language. Like That's what really pisses me off. Because what he's talking about there is he's not talking about black in the sense of you being a, a, an African descended person or having a high level of melanin. He's, their skin was actually black as in like a black humanoid. Like jet black. Like jet black, Vanta like black. Like studio walls. Humanoids. It has no, because they're not humans. <laughs> they could be one standing right behind me right, right now and I wouldn't see Exactly. Them. They're not, this is what really ticks me off. They're not humans. Like, so they don't have the same type of physiology that we do. So trying to bring race into this. I don't know, Aaron. Is so Again, frustrating. I think you're missing the zigzag Allah aspect of this. And uh, let's, let's quickly cross to Yakub for an update. Zag, 
There he is. Why is it 666? It's like oh, it's demonic. My children. My offspring. My seed. My zero. <laughs> I love As how it's got like... And the sun rises. Allow me to speak It's got to you. booty music in the back. <laughs> the symbolic occult metaphysical meaning of the phrase zigzag zig a lot. So if you search for Yakub on YouTube, you can see I've searched for technology in the search bar there. You will find thousands of these videos. They're 2D animations of Yakub with these big booty bitches behind him. And he's basically uh, talking about stuff like zigzag Allah. What does that even mean? It's a reference to uh, Yakub and the Nation of Islam that rappers use in their names when they use Z. So rappers like the Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan and others. (laughs) Jay-Z, who is, of course, uh, Saint Germain. They, um, They use this Z to reference zigzag Allah, which is like a hat tip. The Nation of Islam, according to these videos. I just had to throw that in because it's so ridiculous and the music is so funny. So, you know what the thing about this really comes down to, though, is regardless of your beliefs, your skin color, your identity, any of that garbage, like, because it's, it's really, it's completely all irrelevant when it comes to this. If you are following something that preaches hate for anything, anything, you really need to take an assessment as to you know, how, what, where's the goodness in this? Like, what, wh- how can you believe any of this if it's preaching for the eradication of, of an entire race of people? Like, well, if you believe that whites are, are genetically engineered, original sin, <laughs> genetic, then yeah, it makes sense to hate them. Uh, it also brings to mind the Black Knight satellite conspiracy theory. How? Black, Black Knight, Black Knight, not Dark Knight. Black Knight, not Brown Knight Satellite, Black Knight, not White Knight Satellite, Black Knight Satellite, Aaron. But in all seriousness, you know, there is a really legitimate question at the end of all this madness, and it's this guy. It's W.D. Fard. Like, who was this guy? Because, mm. again, he disappeared in 1936. Uh, the Nation of Islam started to get dangerous. There was murders. See? Um, this guy vanished. So who was he really? I mean, obviously he wasn't the return of God. Uh, was he, like, what nationality was he? Was he American? Was he a foreigner? What did he actually believe in? Was he, he's probably, was he an Arab? Like, he's, where is he from? He's probably just someone that, and this is quite far out, but I would say probably possessed by one of these uh, dark entities that want to create division and disharmony amongst human beings. Well, this book is called Chameleon. I've got on the screen here. This is one of these uh, deep dives. There's about two or three of these where scholars have tried to identify this this guy uh, and who he actually is. This one was by A.K. Arian and Carl Evans, the true story of W.D. Fard. I'll link to a bunch of them in the show notes, but I just went through a bullet points of the findings from this book. I found a good review because it's only a paperback, but I found a good review talking about this. But the so, author's name is Arian? I don't know if that's like... As a tongue in cheek. Also known. Apparently, they've written other serious books, so maybe it's just their name. Yeah. Let me do quick bullet points on what they discovered. So, this guy was born in 1882 in Afghanistan. Okay. He used several names in his life, including the surnames Khan, Dard, Dodd, Fard, Ford, Far, etc. Fard came to America in 1904 
He and his family worked as tamale vendors in the states of Washington, Oregon, and Montana. So your religion is based on a tamale vendor who faked his name multiple times. Fard as Fred or Dard or Dodd uh, ran a successful food truck in Salem, Oregon up to 1915. Uh, then he went by the name Wally Dodd Fard in Los Angeles and run a restaurant there. Then he went by the name George Farr and sometimes traveled to San Francisco to buy illegal liquor and drugs during Prohibition. He's then arrested in 1926 for selling bootleg alcohol and arrested again for selling narcotics. Uh, he's sentenced to San Quentin Prison. He's then gets He then gets involved in cults like the Moorish Science Temple. He shows up in Detroit go. as Wally D. Fard using other aliases in 1930. He builds up the Nation of Islam. In 1933, he is implicated in a ritual voodoo murder. So I was like, oh, hold up. i got to look up, look up this. So this was November of 1932. A Nation of Islam guy named Robert Harris murdered his black tenant, James Smith, as a human sacrifice to Allah. According to Harris's confession, Smith voluntarily climbed into a makeshift altar in a back room of Harris's home after Harris promised him that his sacrifice would make him the saviour of the world. Harris then stabbed Smith in the heart and struck him over the head with an automobile axle. Lovely. So after this murder, the police basically approached Fard and said, "Uh, look, you need to skip town or we're going to charge you with something. There's no evidence he was directly in, but it was one of his followers that committed the crime. Talk about stirring up hate. So the police are like, we're going to, you know, charge you. You got to go. We, we don't want to see you again. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go. Uh, but he secretly goes back into Detroit wearing a disguise multiple times to direct the, the cult. By 1934, though, he's disappeared um, and he had other aliases named Khan or Walker. But after this, even with the FBI spending all these resources up to ni- the 1950s to try and find him, there's no trace of him ever found again. He's completely gone. Did he? Did he piss someone off? Well, and end up like Jimmy Hoffa. Well, maybe he ended up in like a voodoo pot and was cooking meat or something. Because yeah. despite his de- departure and the temple being renamed and all this sort of stuff, um, in 1937, a man named Vernon McQueen was charged with preparing to boil his wife and daughter alive at a gathering of worshippers of Allah. Reporters allege that the police were forced to hide McQueen's wife and child out of fear of reprisals from the other members of the Nation of Islam. These are death entities. I'm, I'm convinced that you know when these characters, these charismatic characters who are really charlatans, show up in society, and somehow, as you pointed out, Ben, in less than two years, he was able to completely change a city uh, and bring all these people in. Uh, I think that they've got some type of non-human intelligence. It's just slightly above us, connected to them driving them, and look what happens. What do they feed on? Death and misery and darkness. And it's not. Just, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. They, what these entities do is that they just find their way in any way they can. Deep down inside, though, do you think that's logic and reason or tricknology affecting your thinking? Logic and reason. <laughs> Completely logic and reason. How can you, because, how can you no, ever be sure, it. It would be the. It would be because I know that it'd be exactly the same. Like, if we were covering a story of where some white dude showed up and created a white supremacy cult, and then all of a sudden they're killing each other and, and preaching hate and whatever else, I think that's a dark entity as well. Like, it's exactly the same thing. It's like... Uh, but human beings are, are capable of such great hatred. But there are these weird elements that are spiritual in effect 
that suggests to me that this is part of a greater good versus evil war that humanity is stuck in the middle of. Well, I think we can just add it to the list of we was things. It's now we was aliens as well. Uh, black people are the pilots of UFOs. Confirmed by Wesley Muhammad, PhD, writer of Chariots of the Black Gods, the UFO reality and the alien hoax. See, I managed to do a segment of it and my copy hasn't even arrived yet. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> Imagine the stuff that's in there when I actually you know, read the book. But again, okay, I know, I'm doing it again, right? But again, you've got Yakub, who was this, you know, uh, Doc Brown of the times, and he was creating, like he was bleaching people. Two questions. First of all, if he was bleaching people, well, why wouldn't they just be albino? Which is what you've got Africans that are albino. Sorry, albino. Or do you reckon instead of great Scott, he goes that's right? Maybe. But then the other question is, if he created different levels, right? Of because did he create like he went from black people to brown people to Asiatic or Asian people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, like inside that, wouldn't that create infighting? Like is yeah, only they the never blackest ma- of the black at the top of the list? From what I read today and yesterday, they never really go into the other races. It's really just whites. It's just hatred for so whites. It's just an excuse to hate white people. But what's so amazing about their whole system is they say that whites were savages and then they were left in Europe and they still couldn't be civilized by Moses and they're these savage blue-eyed freaks. But in the same breath, they say white civilization has to be destroyed. <laughs> it's like, well, hang on. You can't have both. Like, yeah, both of those can't be true. Yeah. We're either retarded savages who have sex with monkeys in Europe or we created the world civilization. Like, which which one is it? You, you can't have them both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. It doesn't make sense. Your weird cult is cool. It has funky music on YouTube and it's got hilarious graphics. But that's about it. That's all you got going for you. <laughs> and I love the Soviets staring off the, the, the four days, four day stare off with the the black UFO noughts. But apart from that, uh, I give it three out of three three retard, retarded big headed scientists out of ten for <laughs> your entire belief system. And uh, happy Black History Month, by the way. I really should have done Yamashita's gold. Yes, you should have. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the Rees now. (laughs) That's a wrap for this free edition of MU. More coming up in our Plus Extension. I don't even know what's coming up. Actually, I've got a sound clip, Ben. Play number three. That's what's coming up. Number three. In the audio that I sent you. Audio number. Oh, that one, please. Yeah. Well, you sent me an AIF file and I'm on Windows, so I cannot play it. (laughs) Cannot play it, my friend. (laughs) Great. Can I play it in VLC? Great big pussy in the early hours of the morning. Oh, gr- very nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> yep. That's what's coming that's up. That's what's coming up. All right. Yep. Well, that's big what black happens. pussy in the early hours of the morning. That's what happens when you don't get any sleep and it's Black History Month. Get this kind of show. <laughs> that's a wrap for this free edition of the show. More big black pussy coming up after the break, according to Aaron. <laughs> according to Aaron. Oh, I don't want to say anything controversial. It's all Aaron. Uh, MysteriousUniverse.org forward slash plus. Sign up today. Help support your favorite show. Nine bucks a month gets you access to plus, which is the big extensions we do on these shows every single Friday, very occasionally Saturdays. And also an entirely exclusive show on Tuesdays as well. You're also getting uh, 
a totally ad-free version of the show, you get a higher bitrate MP3. Uh, and if you sign up for ME Max, you get access to our entire back catalogue as well, going back 16, 17 years. And of course, all our videos are available for our Plus members as well. You just log into the website, you get access to the Friday shows and the Tuesday shows with video as well. That's a wrap for this free edition of the show. Make sure you check it out, mysteriousuniverse.org forward slash plus. Uh, if you're on Plus, stick around for the great stuff after the break. For everyone else, catch you next week. Welcome back to your Plus Extension. Great to have you with us. One thing I forgot to mention with these guys, the, the whole reason they love that UFO crash in Italy.